You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to continue our conversation around the top questions and issues coaches had from around the globe, and we're going to tackle some more of those issues in today's episode. So it's going to be another good one. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 19 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Thanks for tuning into the show. I really appreciate it. If you're a new listener, welcome. Welcome to the show where we talk everything volleyball. Um, And if you are a consistent routine listener, I do appreciate you showing up again. We got another great episode for you. So just to recap, last week, was um, the first part of the series where I'm answering the top questions from coaches around the globe. And I, you know what? I've gotten a ton of great feedback. So I'm happy that you guys are enjoying um, the coaches kind of coaches session that I'm doing here. Um, I think I'm going to be doing a lot more of these like this because it's really, it's really good information. And I think it helps, it helps everybody. Um, so last week we covered, we covered uh, team communication, having players stay focused through the entire game, coaching actually coaches actually coaching the entire game and then decision making uh, like especially in scrambled situations so if you are interested uh, in learning about those four topics be sure to listen to episode 18 um, because I went into detail about all of those four in episode 18 and so far it's been a very very um, it's been a high downloaded episode so I do recommend watching uh, that or listening to that rather Uh, one other thing I do want to mention too um, for those of you that follow me on Instagram, I appreciate it. Uh, my Instagram handle is BrianSing underscore Coach B. A lot of great stuff on the gram that I do. Uh, if you have been following, you already know what I'm going to say. Um, I'm actually doing a coaches workshop. Now, it's completely free. So all my coaches, um, I'm, I want to help you guys out. So on October uh, 28th, okay, Wednesday, October 28th, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, I'm going to be doing a free offensive workshop, and it's going to be good. Um, I'm so excited about it, and I'm, I'm looking forward to having you guys there as well. Uh, and you may want to know, well, what's on the um, what's on the workshop? Well, we're going to be talking about everything efficiency. And if you know anything about me, you know I'm, I'm all about efficiency. It's one of those things where I, I, I love talking about efficiency. And we're going to talk about it in detail. I'm going to show you basically, you know, how what, how I look at efficiency as a coach, how it's going to help you not only be a better coach, but run a more efficient practice where your players can learn faster and improve quicker, which is always what we're trying to do. We're gonna you're gonna look at how to be more efficient at game planning, and you're gonna learn how to be more efficient at seasonal planning. So I took a poll on my Instagram and I asked uh, coaches, you know, what what they'd be interested in, and there was a lot a lot of people talked about efficiency, and then a lot of people talked about game planning and practice planning. So what I'm gonna do is the the subject is gonna be efficiency, and I'm gonna show you how to be efficient in coaching 
and how that can translate to you know making having a better practice, having a better game plan session and uh, season session, etc. It's going to be really good. I, I've actually delivered this training inside Digital Volleyball Academy, um, which many of you know is my signature membership, where um, I help really coaches dial into understanding you know the X's and O's about the game, all the tactical and all that strategy stuff. But I really help you you know, become a better coach, grow as a coach and, and, you know, really help your team perform at a high level and among a lot of other things too. So if you are interested in joining this workshop, it's completely free too. So uh, I would definitely recommend, I'm going to put the link inside the show notes. Okay. So you can click on the show notes and access um, the registration page for the free workshop. Also, I will be putting it on my Instagram. So Brian Singh underscore Coach B. Uh, it should be in my in my link. You know, you can you can have a link on your profile. I'm gonna put it in there. Um, and you could always DM me if you have any questions. If you want, if you want me to DM you the link, I'll DM you the link too. Okay, you can always DM me on Instagram. Um, I'm all. I always try to make time for my coaches. Uh, if if you put, you know, if you're trying to show up to my workshop, I'll definitely give you the link as well. Um, so yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll end it at that, but it's a really, it's going to be a really good workshop. You're going to come away. I can guarantee that you're going to come away with a, maybe not a different perception, but a different view of how to look at your practices and game planning and seasonal planning. And you should come away with at least one idea, if not more on how you can be a more efficient coach, which will make your team more efficient, which will lead to more wins, which will lead to more lives being affected and changed and all that great stuff. And that's what we're trying to do. So I can't wait to see you inside the training, October 28th, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And if you actually, you know, it's funny. I did have a couple, I had a couple coaches reach out and say that they have, they have practiced during that time. So if you can't make it for whatever reason, because you have practiced, DM me on Instagram, okay? Brian Singh underscore Coach B, DM me and I'll and I'll tell you what to do so you don't miss out. All right, so but you have to DM me on Instagram for me to do that for you. All right, or you can send me an email too. Uh, my email's uh, Coach. What's my email? Brian at CoachBtraining.com. All right, Brian at CoachBtraining.com. That's my email. All right. Woo, we've been talking for five minutes and we haven't even done anything yet. All right, let's get started. So. We're going to start, we're going to talk about four topics today again, just like we did last time, and they're pretty good topics. So let's start with analyzing film, analyzing film. Ooh, that That's such a great, great uh, topic. And I mean, to be quite honest, it would take me hours to go through that topic in detail. It is, it is like, it's another course by itself, analyzing film. It's, it's another skill by itself. And inside Digital Volleyball Academy, we go deep when it comes to analyzing film because I, I, that's what I, as a coach, I mean, I'm sure coaches listening to this, you, you're looking at film quite a lot um, you know, over the course of your season. That's, you spend a lot of time. And over the off season, I've been spending a ton of time looking at film. So um, we go deep inside Digital Volleyball Academy. But what, what I can do is I'll give you a couple things that we, you can get some quick wins with right now when, you, when it comes to looking at film uh, and it should help you no matter what. So the first thing that I will mention about film is having a resource to look at film is such a time saver and so much more effective. Now, what I mean by a resource is using a program that helps break down your film so you can be more efficient when you look through film. Um, now, I've talked about this on the pod before, so if you heard about me, it's, it's going to be just a refresher, but resources like Huddle, uh, VidSwap's another good one, and I think VidSwap's more volleyball-specific too in some cases. Volumetrics is another one. So those three are the big three that I would recommend in terms of um, looking at film. And what it is, 
it's uh it's a video service that breaks down the game for you so you know when you're watching let's let's say you, you film a match right now if you're coaching club you're gonna have three sets potentially and give or take normally a set is 20 minutes long well at least that's the that's what they normally plan it for it to be so one set could be 20 to 25 minutes long so in theory you could have an hour of tape for one game. Now, if you were to look at that film for that entire hour, you're gonna have to play it and you might have to like try to fast forward to the next um, sequence where and the next rally, or the next serve and all that stuff. And you're gonna have to keep going. And that's so much wasted time. So what these video services do for you is they break down the film so it cuts out all that time where you know the players are rolling the ball under the net and you're waiting for the referee to blow the whistle. Like It takes all that time away. So when you press play, it just shows you the clips of actual gameplay. So that, that, that right off the back saves a lot of time. But it gets better. What they also do is you submit a roster to them. So you'll have your roster and then they will they will tag each player on your team that's in the actual video. And then they will associate certain skills to those tags. So for example, let's say there was a play where number six served and then number five hit and scored or whatever the case is. Well, they will tag number six served. And then number five, attack. So they tag all those things. So the reason that that's important is because let's say you wanted to go back and you wanted to look at one of your players who maybe had a really bad passing game. And you want to see all the plays where that person was involved in a pass. So what you can do is you can go and type their name in. You can click on their name. And then when you click on their name, you can actually break it down into what skill you want to look at. So let's say you wanted to look at number five passing. No problem. You hit number five, you hit the skill passing, and then all you do is you um, you press play or whatever, and then it shows you only the clips where number five was passing. So can you imagine the amount of time that you're going to save by just having this video software at your disposal, like your film sessions with players or when you're just looking at it on your own becomes so much faster and more efficient and you can focus on, you know, maybe you had a bad passing game. Maybe you want to see your entire team just the passing. You can isolate your team and just their passes. Maybe you wanted to see your team serving. Well, you can do that. So it's really, really, uh, it's such a great tool to have and I highly recommend it. Now, there is a cost associated with that. It, it is not cheap. So you normally you can you have to pay for like a minimum amount of games. But if you're a, if you're a high school or club team and you you know you have a lot of games you want to break down, then that's great. Then you can pay them. I think it's like I can't remember. It might have been like nine, 90 or two hundred bucks or three hundred bucks for like a bunch of games. I can't remember what it is, um, but it definitely will save you time. I guarantee it. All right. So that's my that's my first thing when it comes to analyzing film. That's my biggest thing to be honest. So let's talk about um, breaking down film in terms of point of technique. So another thing that I look at when I do film is I always want to freeze the clip at the point of technique you're trying to emphasize or reinforce to your players. So for example, if you're looking at you know how a player is passing and that's what you're trying to analyze, well, make sure that you look at it from a point of the best the best point of view is the baseline view because you can see exactly where the serve is coming how the player um, you know put their platform out and all that stuff but I want you to freeze the clip 
right before contact is made. Because if you do that, then you're going to see an entire picture of whether their technique is right, whether their platform is behind the ball, whether the angle is on point, whether their shoulders are elevated, you know, all that stuff you can see. So make sure you freeze the the, the video right before the type of skill that they're actually going to execute is done. Same thing with hitting, you know, when you're when they're about to swing before they contact the ball, freeze it and see their mechanics because you can judge based on that free on that freeze frame before um, they actually execute the skill. You can kind of judge whether or not they're performing the skill at, at their optimal level. So that's another, that's another thing too. And for me, like I'll look at a sequence so many times like I can take a simple you know serve pass set hit point I can take that simple sequence and really watch it multiple times because you can learn a lot about your player and and what they're what they need to work with by just breaking it down slowing it down and looking at those skills now the unfortunate thing is if you're if you're in a season it's tough to do that because you don't have time but if you're working with a player one-on-one and you want to help them um, figure out what they're doing wrong, then, then that's something I would definitely do. Um, another app that you can use, and I don't know if you have to pay for it. I got it, I got it years ago. Um, I think I think you might have to pay for it now. It's called um, Coach's Eye, and Coach's Eye is really cool because you can um, what you can do is you can upload the the video into Coach's Eye. You can do an analysis on it, so you can draw lines on it, freeze it, whatever you want to do, and you can record your voice over it as well and then send it back to your players. That's what I do. Uh, it's really simple. It's efficient. You, you don't even need to be around your player. You can just do it at home and send it back, and it's very, very um, like it's very good like feedback. So I do that for my college players. I do it for, um, you know, I actually do this as part of my business as well. Like, if you want me to break down film, you just you know you pay a small fee, and I can break down um, some some film for you. And uh, even if you're looking for a skill, I break down the skill and help you. I, I do that a lot with vertical jump training too. Like when athletes want me to break down their vertical jump, uh, they just send me their video, and I'll I'll take a look at it, and I can break it down for them. Um, and, tell, and they give them that exact feedback that they need to do to jump higher. So you can do the same thing in your gym with your players. Really, really effective to do that. So it's called Coach's Eye. Uh, definitely take a look at that. And the last thing I'll mention with film, and I don't, I don't think people talk about this, but as coaches, we need to be aware of this. And that is looking at behavior. Have you asked yourself, have you ever, when you watch film from a game, have you ever looked at your player's behavior? You, you'd be surprised what you notice. So when, when we always look at behavior, because when we started looking at this, um, I mean, I never looked at behavior when I was a younger coach, but when I started looking at behavior, I started noticing what players don't get along with each other on the court. I also started to notice, I, I, I'll tell you a story. That's actually the best way I can describe it. So there was a setter that I had in my first year coaching college. Okay. My first year coaching college, we had a setter and he always set one left side better than the other. It didn't make any sense. Uh, the, like he, he was like, it, it's not that you know one left side was better than the other or they, they were jumping higher or anything. There was nothing significantly different from these two left sides. Um, I mean, one may have been a little bit better, but you know, in terms of, in, in, in hindsight, they were both equally as offensively talented as the, as the other. But for some reason... This setter always set one player better than the other. And and I wasn't sure why. I had an idea, but I wasn't sure why. So I wanted to look at a film to see if I could figure it out. And what I noticed was is that the left side, 
that wasn't getting set properly. The reason was because when he got set and he didn't like it, it was so evident and the setter was aware of that. He would either, you know, you know, give a bad facial expression. He may even say something like, oh, higher next time or whatever. But the way he said it, the way his body language was, it wasn't encouraging. It was actually negative in that sense. It was not encouraging whatsoever. It was he wasn't really being a team player in that sense. Um, and I don't get me wrong, like not to say that he was he was definitely frustrated at the beginning. And I get that. I get that he was frustrated. But having said that, he didn't communicate effectively enough with his setter that you're doing like it's okay. You know, you're doing a great job. Maybe we can work on it and set. Maybe I want this set or that set or whatever the case was. But he wasn't communicating with the setter effectively. If, if anything, he he was actually scaring the setter. So this. This setter was afraid to set him. Now, if you have a setter who's afraid to set a player, they're obviously not going to set that player consistently, or even a great set for that matter. It's going to be all over the map. But when he set the other, when he set the other left side, it was no problem. It was great sets. Even when he set it bad, it was fine. It was just so much more consistent. So looking at film and understanding behavior is going to be really key really key to seeing you know maybe that's the reason why certain things aren't happening on the court and I, and you may not have you may have not you may not even notice it because you're looking at so many other things that you may not notice the subtle uh, nuances like that and that's important this is the kind of stuff i teach in digital volleyball academy and i think it's really important unless you pay attention to the small things these small things can make a big difference because once i figured out what the problem was i could solve it and then his setting and our setter hitter relationship went through the roof and we were so much better offensively. And it had nothing to do with skill or technique or whatever. It was because of a little bit of bad communication and, you know, the mental aspect of our game, of course. So these are stuff that I teach in, in Digital Volleyball Academy all the time. And, and our coaches are, are seeing, like, it's 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 crazy what the, the breakthroughs because they, they never looked at it from this way before. And, and it's crazy once you start looking at it this way. So, yeah, take a look at your, your player's behavior. You'd be surprised. Um, okay, so let's move on to, I've been talking for a while on that analyzing film. Let's move on to another one. How about keeping players motivated in practice? Mm. And and to add on to that, especially if they're not playing games. So th there's a little twofold here. So in, in this COVID situation that we're in right now, if you're listening to this, I mean, it's October 18th right now when I'm filming this or recording this podcast episode, and we're obviously in the midst of COVID. And many teams are practicing, but they are no games. There's no competition because of COVID. Um, so how do you keep your team motivated? Now, if you're listening to this when you know, hopefully COVID is over or you, you, you are allowed to be participating and playing games, this will still apply to you. Okay, this will still apply to you to keep players motivated in practice, all right? So this is for both. What I do is I like to have competition among our team. Um, we ha you have to have it. So we, I, it's, it's, it's like... You know, you come in when you when you separate the team. So let's just for, say, for example, you don't have any games upcoming, right? There's nothing upcoming. They're just practicing. How do you keep them focused and motivated? Well, one thing we like to do is split up the teams, right? And give them a reason to compete. You could even have like a draft, you know, one coach, if you have assistant coaches, one coach versus the other, and they can have a little draft and pick their team and go at each other and compete. And then the next practice, you can be like, okay, same teams are going to compete again and keep a record of it. At the end of the month, the winning team, whoever has the most games, they get a prize or they get something. But have competition in your gym. Even if you're doing wash drills, keep the same teams, have competition. And then the next practice, get, say, guess what? All right, this team won next practice. Hopefully the other team can, you know, get out of it and, and try to get a W. And you'll be surprised. Players will start looking forward to coming to practice even more because they know 
wants to learn, they want to get the skill training out of the way, they're going to compete at the end and they're going to compete for pride and for the, you know, the bragging rights that they're the better team or a better player. You could even do individual competitions, you know, serving competitions. You can do a ton of different things in practice and keep a track of it. Be like, you know, every month it resets and keep a track of who the winner is at the end of each month and they get, they get a prize or something like that. And that's how, yes, we have no games, but they can still stay motivated they still have goals that they're working towards and it's definitely it's definitely a lot of fun um, I always have team goals as well you could throw that in there as a team so um, one of the goals we, we were doing like a okay like, uh, most of you know the butterfly drill right it's a little volleyball sequence and I'm just using this as an example it could be any drill but as as the butterfly uh, excuse me the butterfly drill goes you know one of the team goals I had is I want to have 10 perfect passes in a row this is when I used to coach club I want to have 10 perfect passes in a row before the drill finishes. So as, again, that's a team goal, right? The entire team has to get in a row, and if they mess up, it goes back down to zero. So we would do that, and sometimes they didn't get it, sometimes they got it, but in, when I coached club, I didn't stop until they got it. And you be the judge of what a good pass is. So the next practice, you can have, okay, guys, we're going to go 15 next practice. So like having these goals in practice they they just they'll they'll be ready for it they'll be more prepared and they'll look forward to it too you know it's really really something that uh, i think i think helps um the last thing i'll add to this is mini games okay mini games this is my own personal favorite thing to do i love it and i it's just competition amongst the players so they you know six on six and it has nothing to do with volleyball nothing to do with volleyball okay so a mini game would be like, okay, first, you, know, you divide them up six on six, first team to three points, and you have them standing across from each other um, in a line. And you, I'd be like, first team to um, arrange yourself in alphabetical order by first name, go. And then they got to arrange themselves in alphabetical order, they got to communicate, like blah, blah, blah. Really, really cool. Mini game. Nothing to do with volleyball. But it's a lot of fun, and I start my practices this way. I think I mentioned it in my last on the last episode. But these mini games, again, if the athletes know they're going to come and they're going to compete against each other, and it has nothing to do with volleyball, right? Makes it even more fun. Makes it a little more different. So always, I guess the my my overall answer to keeping players motivated in practice is to create competition amongst them, have team goals, and create those mini games. And you'd be surprised where that takes you. All right. Let's move on to topic number three: team consistency all right now again this is an extremely i could do an entire course on team consistency every player sorry every coach out here has struggled with this sometime or another when it comes to consistency right one game they're great one game they're not maybe they're on a run and then they just have to play pretty poorly another there's so many different varieties of it i will tell you though that the more inexperienced your team is the more inconsistent they will be. Let me say that again, okay? The more inexperienced your team is, the more inconsistent they will be. And it's because game experience is the ultimate learning tool. And that is my, that, that's my own opinion, but I honestly believe it. You can do everything you want in practice to teach them the skills, to you know do gameplay situations and wash drills and, and you know, scrimmages and all that stuff. But it is nothing compared to a game. Nothing. So consistency comes with more experience. The more experienced the player is, the better and more consistent they'll be. So you as a coach, are at a, you're, it's tough because you have to figure out a way to get them that experience uh, 
and, and you got and it's tough because sometimes you got to get exhibition games, exhibition tournaments. Um, you have to. You it, it's tough, but you got to figure out a way to do it. That's the only thing I can tell you to do. And I know I know sometimes it, it may be tough for certain teams that are in you know small towns and you don't have access to a lot of um, other teams. Well, I'd invite I'd invite adults to come play. That anyone who knows how to play the game that would at least give you guys a little bit of a a comp- like some competition. I would make it into a game. So what I try to do is I try to create a game experience and what i will do is if i want to really create a game experience I'll, I'll make it like a game exhibition game you invite another team you have you make sure you set it up you have a ref you have scoreboards you can have fans or not you know you invite fans if you want or parents or whatever your situation is and try to make it as close to a game as you can because you're you're trying to emulate what's going to happen in a game and that's you know all the emotions the fact that there's a crowd the fact that there's a whistle the referees engaging there's you know there's actually a score now yes it doesn't count but it's as close you're going to get to a, a real game is creating those you know experiences even if you have like here's something now I, this is going to be this is, again this is my opinion you may feel differently about this and it's totally okay but i would create game experience in your practice by separating your team Right, you have your whatever, however you want to separate your your players, and then invite other teams to like in your club. If you're a part of a club, invite other teams to come watch you. Right, if you if you coach at a college, you know you can and maybe invite the women's team to come watch the game. Set up one particular type of game where you're trying to accomplish this. You really want that game experience and do it. Um, now, if you're at the college level, you're probably not going to do that because you have you you have your preseason already and you're good to go. So I get that. So this isn't really for college. I was just throwing it out there. Um, but if you're a club or a high school invite other um, age groups to come watch. And if you're in high school, invite other teams to come watch this inner club scrimmage, make it an event. And they're, and you definitely believe, I can guarantee you the fact that their friends and, and peers are going to be there, it could go twofold. One, they could completely lose focus because their friends are there, but you're going to do a good job as a coach to make sure that doesn't happen and prep them just like you would in a game when there's fans and stuff like that. Um, and you got to make sure that they, uh, they take it seriously. And you create that environment. So that's that's a couple of strategies you can use when it comes to game experience. Uh, another thing too, and this is something again, I don't don't get mad at me for it, okay? But I really want you I want you to be honest with yourself, okay, coaches. I want you to be honest with yourself. Are you a cons- are you consistent as a coach? Okay, are you being an, a consistent coach? Are you prepared for every practice? Do you let up? Do you sometimes get tired? And you're like, oh, I got this practice. I don't have anything planned. I'm just gonna go and wing it. And you feel you find you find yourself getting frustrated and overwhelmed. And maybe you haven't you 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 didn't give it your all. Well, the players have the exact same thing happen to them. And when you wonder why they're not being consistent, I want you to ask yourself if you've been consistent all season long. Because just like they, they have their lives, they have their school, their friends, their family, all that stuff. Maybe something's going on with the team. Maybe they're just tired. Who knows? There could be so many reasons why they're not consistent. In addition to the game experience, you yourself, as a coach, I know you, you probably have a family. Maybe you have kids. Maybe you, know, you have a, a spouse or whatever the case is. Uh, maybe you don't. Maybe you're single and working, but you got a life. It's tough. So... As much as, and it's tough for me too. Like, listen, I'll tell you, as a coach, you know, I, I have a wife and I have a, I have a young daughter. I have, I have a young family, and we're, and I want to spend time with my with my kid. I want to spend time with my daughter, and it's tough to. And I and I work. Uh, I, I'm a high school teacher as well. For those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm a high school business teacher, and then I, I coach at the college as well. So, I um I got a pretty busy schedule, believe it or not. And then I got Digital Volleyball Academy that I run. So I have to make sure that I plan very, very carefully, and I may I'm dialed in when I plan, and when I go there, 
Um, and I can do an entire podcast episode about what go what uh, how I approach my life and how I am able to stay organized and run my practices and do what I do because that you might you, you may find some value in that uh, I, I may do that I don't know you guys let me know how you feel about it um, but it's true like you have to be prepared you got to plan accordingly and there, I, I have certain strategies that I use to make sure that I I can give 100% at work, 100% at my practice with my college team, and then come home and give 100% to my family. Like that is that's a that's a tough job as it is. Sometimes my assistant coaches ask me how I do it, and it's it's not easy. It's tough, but I, I have a plan. If you don't have a plan, it's it's not going to work. Or maybe you just have, maybe you just have the personality that you're okay. You can do everything I want, and that's great. That's great. But I know not everyone's like that. Okay, so really look at yourself, and if this is something like. To be honest, if this is something you want help with, like if you want help with figuring out, you know, how to get clarity in your coaching um, and how to balance your life and, you know, figure out the best strategy. And this is, again, this dies into that efficiency stuff. If the more efficient you are, the more you're going to have time to spend with your family, the more, the less stressed you're going to be, the more you're going to be able to do all these great things because you were an efficient coach. But I mean, if you want, if you really want help with this, like don't ever hesitate to reach out. I, I get it. I was there. Listen, I was there, man. I was, it's tough, but I'm a lot better now because of all the stuff that I've been through and what I've learned over my career. Um, and and again, in, in Digital Volleyball Academy, like I, I have I have these conversations with my coaches too, and it's 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 frustrating for some of them, but we get through it together because we're, you, you got to surround yourself with that positivity and that and that vision. But I don't want to go on a, on a tangent. I'm sorry, um, but yeah. You know, I hope I hope you guys are I hope coaches are okay and, and you guys are you know, you guys understand that there's other coaches out there that are just that under like you know they're going through the same thing. I went through it too. You know, when you got a lot to juggle, um, you know, don't don't think you're alone. You're not alone. All right. Um, okay, so I think uh, I'm gonna stop it there. All right. I, we talked we talked about three big pillars. All right. There was um, I, I left one off the list, but I'm gonna I'm gonna finish that next week. Uh, so we'll leave it we'll leave it there. But I do want to say. Um, Analyzing film is important. Make sure you, you you dial into like learning and you know making sure you know how to do that. Keeping players motivated in practice. That that one came up a lot actually, and I'm, I I hope I addressed it for you guys, and I hope it worked. Um, I, I did. Uh, one of the coaches inside DVA had the same issue, and we talked about what I what we just talked about today, and I got a chance to talk to them uh, the following week, and they said, yeah, it it worked. Kids were full. Kids kids couldn't wait to come back to practice the the following time because it, they knew that it was going to be inner competition. So that was good. And then the team consistency stuff. Make sure you um, you dial into yourself as a coach and try to get as much game experience and be creative with giving giving your kids that experience so they can be more consistent when it really matters. All right. Uh, I will. I will. One last thing before I let you guys go, um, coaches. Remember, I talk about efficiency. I, the the workshop is completely free to you. I highly, highly, highly recommend you coming. It's gonna be extremely valuable. All right. And if you if you guys have been following me on Instagram, um, and you you like what you know the stuff that I put out on there, you know my my content, my free content that I put out on Instagram, you're gonna you're gonna love this even more. All right. I guarantee it. Um, the live training I've done inside Digital Volleyball Academy and the coaches thought it was great. I got a ton of positive feedback. Um, so let me be sure October 28th, October 28th, eight o'clock Eastern time, right? If you can't be there live, I really recommend you being live. Mark it on your calendar right now. Uh, if you're driving, don't mark it on your calendar. Do it when you stop, but mark it on your calendar, get there so we can talk. And I'm going to stick around after the workshop to answer questions, by the way. I will be there after the workshop for as long as you need me to be to answer questions. So if you have if you have a question about anything volleyball related, coaches that I didn't talk about in the in the workshop, stick around. I will answer it. 
we'll talk. You'll get you'll get you'll get a lot of clarity when when we're done that call. All right, uh, and then. And then, yeah, that's that's about it. And if you can't, if you still can't make it for whatever reason, send me a DM. Uh, you know, Brian Singh underscore Coach B. Send me a DM on Instagram, or you can email me. Email me Brian uh, Brian at CoachBtraining.com. I'll put both of them in the show notes, uh, and uh, I'll try to help you out with a solution to that problem. Okay, but I want you being there live if you can. I want you to be there live. All right, that is it for me. Another episode. We're gonna uh, next week. We'll continue with the um, the top questions from coaches from around the globe. I hope you guys got some value out of today's episode. Uh, and do me a favor, by the way, rate and review the podcast if you haven't already. Okay, please rate and review the podcast. I read them. I love them. I want to make sure I'm doing what you guys want. Okay, have a great rest of your day or rest of your night whenever you listen to this. And I will see you next week on the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care, everyone. All right, cue the music. Look. Are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training and instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days? When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBtraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.